All right, what is Marine the song? Sing it. There's no song Marine that I know of. Oh, you were just singing. I just made up a song. Marine. That's what she sounded like. That's not. <laughs> yes, but I'm not going to do that again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. That was an actual song. You know a billion songs, so I assumed it was an actual real song. Is there a song with Maureen in it? I don't know. I don't know. How about with just like Mo? Mo? I don't know. Yeah, that's like short for Maureen. Mo, 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 Nickamodian. Right? No. Right. Yeah, that's um, not it. No. no, that's not it. Hey, today we got somebody cool coming on, and I kind of say that every time, don't I, Tom? <laughs> But this we time, do, I really mean it. We do have a no, lot of cool no, people coming do. on, we though. Do. We do. But this time, we have someone that is uh, not here, someone who's going to have to call in and talk to us. We have Maureen Davis. She's originally from Toledo, but she is going to be here doing one of our starring role episodes because she's been in the theater, acting, musical business for a while now. Not has been. Is. Is. Sorry. Let me correct that. You're right. Is in it still. In fact, she's going to get to what she's currently working on at some point during this, but we were, we're going to do our normal thing that we're going to harass her and ask her, like, where did you start? How did you do this stuff? But uh, I don't want to ruin it. I'm going to let her explain everything. Hello. Hey, good morning. Oh, it's afternoon now there, isn't it? Afternoon over here. Yeah. going to plug these in too. So, hi. Hi. So, I already did my little intro to our listeners, you know, just saying that uh, you were kind of a big deal and that uh, you 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 were, you were started off doing this from the area, but we want to go all the way back. We want to go back to, like, the beginning of time. So, that's what we want to do almost. So, ba- basically, the first thing we want to do is we want you to tell us, um, I guess, what, what would you consider to be, like, your coolest, most amazing thing that you've accomplished in the musical theater theater world well i mean there have been two yeah no i'm actually i'm actually really proud of everything i've done of course i think my i mean the big thing was getting on broadway with bernadette peters that is huge that's big (laughs) yes it is yeah okay but then you know i'm in la and while i'm in la i keep getting called back to new york to do things and then with paula the way i met paula who's my partner, my production partner for Sleepy Land Band, and who's also in my musical I wrote. She's my bestie. Yeah. I met her um, at uh, an audition here in LA at Debbie Reynolds Studios. I just crashed the audition. I didn't know what it was. They said, sing jazz. I sang jazz. And we ended up playing at Carnegie Hall. And that's a nice thing to be on your resume. It's not just, you can't really buy into the place, at least in those days you couldn't in the 90s. But we ended up singing for a world peace tour with the world-renowned vibraphonist Gary Burton. And when Gary travels around the world, he has an entourage and people know him and they meet him in whatever country he's in. And he's in, in jazz and in orchestral music. Um, Gary Burton is the <laughs> as we like to say. Um, so, those were, so we had Broadway, we had Carnegie Hall, which I think was a cool thing. And um, going to that Carnegie Hall tour took us to Russia during the coup attempt. Oh my gosh! So Tom's and, mouth just keeps gaping bigger and bigger every new thing you keep telling and, that you've wow. accomplished. And Leningrad, so. Leningrad became Saint Petersburg, and so we're part of history. And we're like, what is going on here? Jeez. And then, um, and then, oh, I don't know. Um, I was submitting songs for TV and film, and wow. uh, I got into. The, I was interning for these for these cartoon composers. See, so, so when I asked you this question, I was like, I, I assumed right away you were going to say, I was in the original cast you know, of Into the Woods with Bernadette Peters. That's what I thought you were going to say. 
but it turns out you're no. actually way cooler than I even realized how cool you were. Because my just, my lazy well, my lazy little research got me this far, and then I said, "Stop, Kyle. Let her come on the air. Yeah, let her Not let her tell what's going. <laughs> that's all I need to know. Yeah, <laughs> let her come well, on and tell." Well, you just you know as you go through stages in your life, and even teaching, and I'm I'm working with kids whose parents are TV and music celebrities, and um, you meet people in your travels and. One of my one of my rocker moms, as I call them, knew somebody in in Los Angeles theater, and that person helped me, you know, like script doctored my play, and that script got produced. And you keep meeting people. Or I do the ultimate night, uh, ultimate jam night here at the Whiskey. I did that for seven years. I was the music the vocal music arranger and singer, and and I would sing with my band there too. And you meet all these rock stars, and all of a sudden Tiffany is saying. Hey, do you think you could um, come on tour with me and sing backups? Or the, you're the singer Tiffany? Sing? Yeah, okay. I didn't end up doing it. She didn't have the budget. She ended up, you know, just letting her guys sing. But we sang with her at those big festival contests. And then I, I talk. I, I'm, I'm reaching out to the producer of that thing, who's Chuck Wright, who was the bass player, the replacement bass player in in Quiet Riot. And he becomes my music mentor. And I go, Chuck, um, can you find me like a female Brian Setzer? And he goes, oh, I want you to meet Ronnie Lee. Now she's my guitarist in my band and in my play. So it's wherever you go, if you put yourself in that, if you put yourself somewhere and you want things to happen and you're a spaz like me. <laughs> yeah, spaz helps. <laughs> That'd be me then. I'm kind of a spaz. Good, good. This, things could now, hit me big here then. So. Yeah, but just because that stuff happened to me and just because it looks great on a resume doesn't mean I'm not struggling for my rent right now. Because mm. now we've got a WGA and a SAG strike. Yeah. Now, I haven't oh, been yeah. doing a lot of SAG work at all, but that means that the people I've been singing sessions for, for movie trailers or, you know, anybody who might have hired me can't do it because there's nothing going on. Right. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. That's a very topical thing. Obviously, it just happened. I just saw that posted, like, that the, yeah. that they've joined the, the Writers Guild in, in the strike, so... Okay, so now let's go back in time. Now we are going to go back in time. So, so, so when you message me, no, 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 it's good. It's good to establish like, oh my gosh, who is this person and why is she on stage door podcast out of Toledo? Why would she bother calling these guys? Well, the truth is that you messaged me. You messaged me and said, hey, I'm from Toledo. And I was like, what? <laughs> so uh-huh. where, let's start when you were young, obviously, and you started getting an interest in uh, performing arts and doing that. Where did you go to school? Where did you, did you start when you were four? Or did you start when you were 19? When did you start getting into this? <laughs> I started pretty young. I think I was eight, nice. maybe nine. And I was going to Hebrew school at Temple B'nai Israel. I don't know that road. Where's it at? See, I remember on my roads. It used to be off the Seacor. Oh, good. And, um, and I was kind of uber Jew. I Uh wanted to grow up and be a lady rabbi. I was like really into it. Now I'm a Jew boo. I'm a Jewish. I'm a Jew boo Winnie the Pooh. What's that mean? (laughs) I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm like, I have, I have a Jewish heritage and Buddhist thought, Oh, but Winnie the Pooh kind of guides me every day. <laughs> okay. Which is, you could go, you could do a lot worse than Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, good advice. Can, Trying to well, figure out how old Winnie the Pooh is. He has sage words, but he's also oh. like a kid. I don't know. 
Winnie the Pooh is Taoist. They had the Tao of Pooh, and they were oh. comparing comparing Winnie the Pooh to um, Eastern thought. It was it's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, so I was little, and we used to do plays at the temple. They had a very active music and theater program there nice. because the members were in the theater. Um, and my mom was a singer and an actress, and she would get to do things there. And um, yeah, so I started in theater and music at the temple. But, you know, when I got into, I don't think we even really had a big music program in junior high. I don't think it wasn't until high school that where we had singing contests and we had, you know, and it was classical music and we had show choir kind of Yeah, like where'd you me, go to high school? You know, what high school was that? I went to high school, Sylvania Southview. Sylvania Southview, cool. So it was Northview and Southview. And, um, and then I would do speech team and speech team only makes you a stronger actor. Right, yeah, standing in front of everybody. all the characters. Yeah. Did you did you either of you guys ever do speech team? No, I didn't have speech the uh, I didn't have the cojones to do that kind of stuff. And <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that's what that takes, right? Like you said, it makes you stronger. But I'm not going to stand up in front of people. The book the book reports are bad enough for me, man. I wasn't going to. Oh. oh my god! This is why we do a podcast. Yeah. yeah. We don't actually have to stand in front of. People. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, you're up there um, in debate, and you have to do the characters, and I, I know because my daughter yeah. uh, did that or was asked to do that, and she because she was a, a strong actor, and they were like, "Hey, mm -hmm. you'd be perfect over here," and and I guess I didn't understand the correlation, like you were saying. Yeah, it it really does make you strong because it helps you define. And I'm a, I'm an acting teacher now, mm. so it helps you define your characters because if you can play two characters talking to each other and change your posture and change your look. Like they did that, Lee Merriweather did that in Spoon River Anthology, which is a very famous theater piece where they, they multicast. They'll have between four and six actors and two musicians and everybody plays a different character doing different monologues. And a few of them, you know, talk to each other, but most of it's monologue. So something like speech team can really take you far. I, I, I was, um, I was on the, the speech team in high school and in college. Oh, that's and, good um, information to know for anybody out there who's younger yeah. in high school and should and is thinking of doing this. Get your butt kids. on a speech and debate team. Yeah, and debate debate just helps you if you want to be a lawyer or something. Well. <laughs> in their face. Yeah. Um, Which college? I was the Ohio. Uh, I went to the University of Toledo. Ah, okay. But when you were younger, though, so was there somebody that when you were doing this was like? Oh my gosh, you're actually pretty good at this. That encourage you or any, anything like that? Any like, did you start doing musicals in high school then, or were you just sticking mostly to plays? Or um, it was musicals and plays. I played Helen Keller. Um, we did Spoon River Anthology. I was the musician. Um, I didn't always do plays because I couldn't because I was on speech team traveling. Mm. Um, but I would say George Bang. George Bang was like my biggest champion. He was. He was our speech coach, and then he became a school counselor. And a few of us are still in touch with him on Facebook. Wow. And what did he so say to you that was school, like so like, man, you actually are pretty good at this? He just said, if you want nationals, you're it. He says, if you want to do this, we can take it all the way. And my senior year, I became the Ohio State champion. In speech. So um, in speech, yeah. Interesting. And, and, it, and he – but he pushed me. I remember we even – Got in my senior year, we got into fights. And I'd go, ew, you're creeping me out, man. Why do you want me to do that? And he goes, because the character's a creep. <laughs> he said, creep yourself out. He said, I need to see that character. And he's just so good. And what's funny is there's a guy named 
Cameron Dye. And Cameron Dye was in the movie Valley Girl. And he's been on L.A. Law and stuff. He's from Toledo. And he's oh. <laughs> several years He's several years earlier, you know, than I am, several years older. And um, he had George, too. So he and went we to the both, same high school, even? George. He went to Northview, oh, but North... years ahead of me. Oh, okay. And it might have been, he might be my sister's age. It might have been when there was no Southview or Northview. No separation of views. Only one view. Only one view. Only one view. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, the Sylvania Southview was very much a college prep. Mm. And they just really, back when I went, they really cared about the creative process. And they were just, they were so proud of their musicians and their actors. Nice. As well as their athletes. Well, I can tell you now that that Sylvania still has a very strong uh, theater system. Both schools. Oh, good. Both schools. I mean, Northview's doing like five shows a year, man. They don't even stop for the summer. Summertime rolls around, they're still doing shows. You know, they just. Didn't they move the, the Toledo Rep Theater to Lord's College? Nope. No, they're nope. still, they're still oh. downtown. Nope, still downtown, still here. Still downtown? Yeah, still oh, in the same so theater. Cool. Oh, yeah. See, it, it's it's a very vibrant theater community here, and, and high schools like the Sylvania school system are a big part of that. They have some really great uh, theater departments and directors in those schools that are taking those kids and nurturing them and pushing them out into the community theaters and, and making it even better. These community theater directors are winning be- a lot because of the fact that these high schools uh, have such great programs. So I'm not that surprised that you have come from a school system that pushes that even back when you were in oh, school yeah. and there have continued it, if not, you know, even a little bit more, keep pushing it. So what'd you do in college that kind of kept this going? Cause it's I went to Toledo also. I, was, I just have to admit that. <laughs> I was a, what was I? I was a music. No, I was a theater dance communications major, triple major with a music and with a music minor. Or that something was your triple like threat that. major. <laughs> yeah, that was my triple threat. It was I was music no, it was like theater dance maybe it was theater and dance major and a communications and music minor or some it's something oh dumb God. like I that. Music something mi- dumb. <laughs> I had a music minor myself, but that was by accident. I just took all these music classes and at the end they, they, the counselor just said, By the way, do you know you have a minor in music? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Tom, did you stay I in never... college for twelve years, Tom? Is that no, what happened? I just, no, I, every... Did you did you graduate? Did you get your bachelor's? Yeah, but mine was in broadcasting. Oh, that's fantastic. I Okay, so I, when I was on speech team, when I was doing the communications and broadcasting, I worked at WERC. Oh, yeah, so did I. So Susan Pinsky and I had a radio show called The S&M Show. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Different show? And we just reviewed music. Oh, not the same kind of show. Okay. <laughs> when bands, yeah, when bands came in town, we would interview them. When bands were on tour. Mine, mine was much to, smaller. Yeah. It was like on a Friday afternoon. Everybody was gone. There was a one guy upstairs that loose to listen to me and come and say, "Hey, you playing great music? Keep playing it." That was about <laughs> so it. So this <laughs> is a, what station was this? The ERC was the University of Toledo's well, radio station. Oh, so that's WXUT the, yeah. is the one it's right, called now. Okay, yeah. so you were you were on the University of Toledo's radio station, and then like yeah, bands were I, coming in, and you would interview the the bands. Yes, yeah, Susan and Susan and I would interview the band, and Susan was gorgeous, and she. 
and I was a late bloomer. She was already like Miss America. Oh, and like all these all these guys and bands would just go ga ga ga, and I would just be the comic relief. Oh, geez, so, that's <laughs> like me and Kyle. Yeah, yeah, I'm the comic relief. Tom's <laughs> I, the I hot. I was. <laughs> You're the eye candy. What are you talking about? Uh, so, so these bands, like, were there some big name bands that came through, or were they all bands we didn't know? Um, Holland Oats. Oh yeah, Journey. That's a big Shine. one. Yeah, there was there was one. Um, There's a punk band, and I can't remember what they were, but we really, really liked them. They were like new wave because ERC. We were really into new wave music during ERC, and I really loved the like the program director would give me like the coolest thing to listen to, you know. And um, yeah, all new college so music you never heard of when you were in high school, right? You're like, oh, I am so yeah. cool now, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I did I some DJing at WXUT so. when I was there. So, yeah, so look at this. <laughs> look at all of us working on the radio station. At, at the... I knew I never met. Yeah, kindred, so. yeah, kindred spirits. <laughs> kindred spirits. So, so, um, so you were then, there for a while doing that. I was there for a while doing that, and then while I was in college, so. Straight out of high school, I went into my band director's wedding band, and he kind of like showed me the ropes and how to be in a band. Your high school band and directors? Then, yeah, when wedding I when band? I became legal and could sing. Yeah, my when I became legal and could sing, you know, with adults or I mean anybody can sing with adults. And my mom loved him, and he was a neighbor, and he was awesome. So I was in his wedding band, and I started really getting things going, and then. I think somebody from the wedding band introduced me to this guy and I was in a fifties band and um, from that fifties band, we became um, Maureen and the movers and um, yeah. And we were pretty big with Kip. Is Kip still there? Does he still have clubs or? Has he passed? Oh, he Chips. Oh, I know older. what you're talking about. No, I don't. Chips. Yeah. K- Chips. Yeah, K's Kips. and Kangaroo. Yeah. yeah. He had a couple uh, bars, restaurants. Yeah. Bars, not restaurants, but yeah. Kips um, South, so Kips he, West, something like that. Yeah. Is that clubs? So yeah, he, clubs. Yeah. yeah. He gave us our break and he gave us our start. And then some, I, I don't want to say too much because I'm still friends with the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost the Richard. We lost Rick, the Richard, the... Uh, the guitar player, which was really sad, we just lost him within the few months. Um, such a such a sweetheart and such a great guitar player, but we had some disagreements, and you know the guys were more into drinking and recreational drugs, and I was little Miss Clean. Yeah, you know I would I would get drunk on one blackberry brandy. Yeah, you're really you know? bloomer. Okay, I mean this is... yeah, was serious. I just <laughs> so I just I didn't feel comfortable with their adult world. And and they you know and I wanted to do more than covers. I wanted to do originals, and yeah. and I was missing theater. And I got to meet my great aunt Sandy, and she said, "Come to New York. Come nice. to New York. You need to be in New York." She was uh, so, already in New York, obviously, and you met her, and she yeah. said, "Come come live with me." And this is you were how yeah. old then? Um, I don't know. Twenty. Like Mid twenties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like like. 19 i don't know i know i was sort of legal (laughs) Um, you were allowed to move i was allowed to move i was an adult um and so i broke up the band they were not happy with me i broke up the band and um that's okay they've had like amazing they've all made amazing music since then Mm -hmm. so i love them they're great um and uh 
went to New York to, to, with $500 in my pocket. I sold my entire apartment. I took what I could carry on my back, sold my car, and moved to New York with $500. That was you it. sold all that stuff and only made $500? <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. How bad was this car? <laughs> no, no, all my stuff oh. and my car. Oh, oh, and so you took the car, car, too. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> the car went with. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So then car, you get you, you know, get to New York City with nothing, but thank goodness for your aunt being there. You had a place to crash then. Yeah, I had a place to crash. Then I lived with my cousin, and then I then there became a series a series of sublets and bad roommate situations. <laughs> but um, you know that's how you live it, man. Right? You got to do that. Well, and you know, I had such energy that I just like bam audition, bam audition. Yeah, sure. I don't. I'll get four hours sleep and work two jobs and then go. Yeah. So, but you you weren't, you didn't, you weren't, you didn't have an equity, you know, you didn't have, you know, that kind of stuff. How did you, you just going from audition to all these open calls? Um, yeah, non-union open calls. Um, and, uh, the, the thing that got me my equity card is I was singing in a cabaret bar on Christopher street called the duplex. Okay. And, I was singing somewhere that's green and the music director handed me his card and said, we just lost an understudy, call me. And so basically I went to his studio, sang to understudy Audrey and all three urchins and got hired for the Boston cast of Little Shop of Horrors. Get out of here. And I was the Boston, I lived in Boston for six months. So you were singing in this uh, club, what was the name of it again? Uh, the duplex. The duplex, and somebody there saw you, and said, "Yeah, I like what you do. Here's my card. Come over here and audition for this thing." Or did he just give yeah. you the job right on the spot, basically? No, he 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 wanted. I needed to audition because the director needed to see. Ah, me. yes, that was the music director who handed that to you. That's right. So then the director, yeah. music director, met you and said, "Here's a job in in Boston." So then you lived in Boston for a while. You said six months six or six months. Yeah, I be, I was the left branch of the plant because it takes five um, puppeteers. <laughs> when the plant takes over everybody at the end, it takes yeah. five puppeteers. So I was the left branch, mm-hmm. and then there were like four other people. But I so the director heard you audition and sing and said, "Oh my gosh, she is so good to be a left branch." Yes, that's more important yeah. than the right branch. Yeah, like, obviously. They're like, oh, "Wow, you're the right height to be the left branch." Because <laughs> I was only five two, so. Um, what's interesting is when I was understudying the urchins, since I couldn't be black because I'm obviously right. Chinese and Russian. Oh, so <laughs> I'm yeah. We just I'm part Mongolian, yay. So, um, but isn't everybody from U- the Ukraine? Yeah, everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, so they put a red wig on me and they directed <laughs> me to do the character like Cindy Lauper. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you're there doing like, girls you know, just want to have fun the whole time while you. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, you know, Anam goes off at seven, <laughs> and you go up <laughs> So you know, you play Crystal, and you because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna racially appropriate. Yeah. So it made sense. It was great. There's like, okay, you're 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 Cindy Luapa. You have a you have a <laughs> thick New York accent. Get on stage, baby. Yeah. You're in our gang. That's you know? awesome. That's awesome. It's a really fun I'm thing already loving this whole path that you've been on because everybody listens like, oh my gosh, this is, so it didn't just happen instantaneously for you then? 
I worked so hard there. I don't want you to think that I was in a cabaret bar and got discovered to be the left branch of the plant. No, <laughs> it's much harder than that. No, um, I was, no, you, this is what's crazy. Um, <laughs> they have hostess bars and we, I worked in a, so I worked nine to five in the fashion industry. And then at six o'clock, I was in an off, off Broadway play and I'd go to rehearsal and then, and we only had performances on weekends. And then at nine o'clock, I would go to the Geisha house. This is the last year before I got into Little Shop. I would, I would go to, um, we called it the Geisha house, but it was a Japanese piano bar and the Japanese girls were hostesses, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, boy. And the American girls would sing and dance. Which and, is a um, Yeah, so we got to sing and dance with them with, you know, for these Wall Street guys and people would pay $900 for this. It was like, it was like a speakeasy. Oh. And so I was working all that time. I worked three jobs, got four hours sleep, you know, got home, slept on the train, tried not to miss my stop, took, basically took a four hour nap, got dressed, came back and started it all over again. So I wasn't just discovered at a bar. No, I, obviously, yeah freaking work for it you, know? <laughs> you weren't just some person there like oh i just i'll get up and do my karaoke and and just happens to be spielberg in the audience and heard me you know i was like no it was it was much harder you had to all the things but you just left toledo and just went with really just, not much yeah, of a plan I just then left huh toledo i just you know what um my aunt sandy is kind of like auntie mame she um she has since passed, but she became like my New York mom, or you know she was just my aunt. She was really cool. Yeah. And she just said, "The world, you're meant for bigger things." She's like, "Get out of here. Get wow. out of this town. Wow. Get out of this town." And what happened is, I met I met some touring some people that were on tour, some actors who were on tour, came to see the band, and this guy walked up and, and two of them said, uh, "You need to come to New York." And what, uh-huh. what do you like? Do you act? Yeah, I'm an actress as well. We can tell you were you had us crying during that song. Um, you need to come to New York, and and so I had all these signs. There was Aunt yeah, Sandy, you could have ignored all actors. of this. I you know I but I couldn't you know it was just it wasn't it wasn't right for me. I needed to see what I could do, and like my dream was always to be on Broadway. Yeah. You know, and then you just um, started going to all these open auditions, and 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 so you got your equity card, and you from working the job in Boston, and then yeah. that that probably opened up some more opportunities, obviously for you. Then when you got back to New York, well, what we would do is we would take the train on Mondays back to New York and audition for our next job. Oh, geez. just think, you know, because the show is going to close eventually. Yeah, and then you know, um, what happened? Um, side note. I was Carolee Carmelo's understudy. Carolee Carmelo is like a big Broadway star now. <laughs> I believe you. But she was amazing. She And she was the song captain. She's the one that basically gave me vocal coaching so I could do the Cindy Lauper. Oh. And she taught me how to do, you know, our. she, she taught me everything about Audrey and Little Shop. So Carolee Carmelo. And we're, we still write each other on Instagram here and there. But she's a big Broadway star. That's kind of cool. That is cool. So, um, um, but... Yeah, so we would come in on Mondays on the train and defect, basically. And I crashed the audition for Into the Woods. It was just the equity building. There were like seven auditions there. And I walked up and I said, you guys, come on. I'm only here one day. Let me in. Let me in. <laughs> and they're like, okay, if nobody shows up, we'll let you in. 
Wow. I'm like, thanks, man. No yeah. agent got so you just, got you an audition. You just crashed it. Nope. Nope. I was I crashed an open call. And I walked in and I sang. They said, um, be little what do you have a song that would be Little Red Riding Hood? And I said, Well, I imagine Little Red Riding Hood was afraid. What if I do like I whistle a happy tune and I'll be afraid in the woods? And I was just there. I wasn't like freaking out about the audition. So I sang Whistle Happy Tune. And then they said, okay, stand there and do this Cinderella. <laughs> okay, stand there and do it as Rapunzel. You know, they were like, I, I think I sang like three songs and in different ways they were directing me. And I walked out of the audition and this person behind me said, we figured they gave you the job. You were there for like six minutes. Yeah. Nobody is there that long. That was like the longest audition. What did you do? Like, yeah, you get 30 know, seconds, man. yeah. I was just, you know, you usually get 32 bars, they talk to you for a minute and you get out, you know, so that's like three minutes, but it was like six to 10 minutes. I was in there for a very long time. Then they took into the woods to the old globe without me. But then when the, after it was tested in California or in San Diego, they brought it back to New York and my agent, Louie, Louie called me <laughs> and Louie said, um, he said, I don't know how they got your name because I didn't submit you, which was his first mistake telling me that. <laughs> um, but you just you have a callback to be Bernadette Peters' stunt woman and understudy Red Riding Hood, Rapunzel, and Cinderella. Wow. So, okay, so I'm going to try to give you the really short version of this audition. It's okay. It's, very, <laughs> it's kind of epic. So I get it, right? And I pick out my coolest dress and I put my hair in a ponytail. It's a really hot day. And I have these canary yellow boots because I figured they look kind of like, you know, they're ankle boots and they look a little like fairy tale-y. I just wanted to look like a fairy tale princess, mm -hmm. right? So I'm dressed in my little outfit and I um, have one token. I have no money and I have one train token and I'm going to take the token downtown. I put the token in and the train breaks down oh. and they won't give me my token back. Mm. So I go out the gate and I run up. Luckily, the office was still open. I ran to my temp agency and I said, you guys, I have a Broadway callback. I have no money for transportation. Can anybody give me just two tokens? One, just in, the train break broke down and I'm like, I have to make this audition, you guys, help me. And so the manager comes out and she goes, I'm gonna give you 10 bucks. It was either $5 or 10 bucks, I can't remember. But she said, I'm gonna give you this money. You're gonna get that audition and then you're gonna get me good seats. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. She goes, take the $10, go. Go get that job, right? Nice. So I'm running down the street, and then I want to get, a, and then I get on a bus. So I'm going a few blocks on the bus, and the bus gets a flat tire. Oh my gosh! And so it's sweaty, and there's gas fumes, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "You guys!" So I thought, "Well, I've got to make this really dramatic. I'm going to stand in front of the gas fumes, so I smell like gas, so that they'll know when I'm late that something really bad happened." <laughs> And so I think I had to run. It was because I was really late. I had to run eight blocks, mm. eight New York blocks, to get to the audition. In your yellow boots. And in my yellow boots and my my white dress. Oh my boy! With gold and blue flower dresses, my favorite dress. I love this dress. And and my hair in a ponytail, and it's like all a miss. Oh my god! And I get there. 
And Joanna Merlin says, well, you missed your appointment. We're already into the callbacks of this session. We're already dancing people. And I look around and all these girls are pristine and they have Bernadette Peters wigs or they've done their hair in many, many curls and they have big red lips and they all look like Cupid dolls. And I'm a wreck. I am a mess. <laughs> and smell and so like I gas said, fumes. Joanna, and I smell like gas fumes. I said, you probably smell, you smell the gas fumes. The train broke down. The bus broke down. I just ran eight city blocks. I had to borrow money to come here. Please, please see me. Just give me five minutes to freshen up and smell good in the bathroom. And, and I'll come out and, and I will knock your socks off. She's like, okay, you can't make up that story. Yes, I believe you. And you do smell bad. So she let me clean up. And then they took me in there. And they, at first, they just stood me there. And the makeup artist came and he measured my face. And he put a picture of Bernadette next to me to see you know, what could be done. And then, yeah, they sang me, they danced me. And I think the casting director just kind of like smirked at me, like, good job, kid, you know? Ah. And then I thanked them. And, you know, and um, as I was walking home, I got, we had beepers. We didn't have cell phones yet because it wasn't, you know, it was 19, 1987. Okay. So 86. And um, I'm walking home because I want to save the money because I don't know what's going to happen. But, you took the money um, from the other person and I'm like, I'm keeping this Yeah, money. well, no, 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 no. I, no, I used it for transportation. Yeah. But I walked home. You know, yeah, I, I kept $8 of it. Yeah. I used $2 of it for transportation. But yeah, I kept it in my pocket, not to really spend on food or anything, but honestly, what if I needed to go back and I couldn't get back fast enough? Yeah. That could be cab fare. That could be that was transportation money for this Broadway show. So yeah. I'm le I leave the audition and I say I'm gonna walk home from here, which was like, I don't know, forty New York blocks. Mm. Wow. And it's like, but you know, you're used to walking in New York, and I'm a dancer, so I'm walking all you're the time. Fine. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm walking. I'm walking. I'm walking, and then I get paged, and it's Louis, and he said, "You got the job." Wow. And, you know, I had to call him on a payphone. <laughs> and he said, you got the job. And then the next phone call was my mom. And I said, mom, I'm going to be on Broadway. And she went, of course you are. Oh, you know? <laughs> like, like, is that an incredible story? Of course you, know, you are. No she was just waiting for that call someday to say, I'm going to be on Broadway. She knew. Yeah. But, everything but I mean, imagine you, that. You still got through to it. Everything against me. And I smell bad and I'm sweaty <laughs> and dirty when I get to the audition. Yeah, in '87, yeah. you have you get the page. You have to walk to a payphone to call to find out what the page is for. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. Just, no one's sending you a text message. No one's giving you a call. You have to call back and say, "Sorry, you didn't." And get hope it. to or, reach yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you don't know what the answer is still until yeah. you call. But I mean, I was so poor. I mean, it was. I was so poor. I had to borrow money for transportation. Yeah. You know. That's an amazing story. Absolutely. And it was. So that was the beginning of my career. Yes, and now you're in California, and now we're now you're working on something really cool, right? Yeah. So that's what we want to talk about now, because we want to make sure we pimp this please. out too for you, obviously. So we got we got to talk please, about please. this. Yeah. So you were okay. you were saying what is this show that you're working on right now? Did you so, write it? Yeah, awesome. I took a rock musical. So wait a minute, do you write? Do you, are you a musician play. and a writer and an everything? You do yeah. like everything. I do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, continue. I'm sorry. What is this you're doing? <laughs> well, so I had two bands. 
Okay. Maureen and the Mercury Five mm -hmm. and the Flutterbys. And the Flutterbys had two placements in um, feature placements, meaning it was music, background music, or foreground music. In this case, it was foreground music. You could actually hear the lyrics in The Descendants with George Clooney. Oh. And so I've heard I of had him. this album of songs. Yeah, you've heard of him. Yeah. This album of songs that did pretty well. And then I had Maureen and the Mercury Five, and that was my rockabilly band. And we toured and we played. Um, rockabilly shows with Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and we yes. even got to to play for Dick Dale, the surf wow. guitar legend. So we got to meet some cool people. <laughs> so I have these two bands. I have these two bands, and you know it's COVID, and we break up the bands. And um, it was right before COVID came out. I met with my friend David, and I said, I want to get back to the theater. I want to. I want a through line for all of these songs. You want a what? A through line. And I want you know what's what connects them. Thank you. Yeah, what can what's what what's, what story is going to connect these? And we looked up you know the Anne Margaret story or the Wanda Jackson story or something, and um, we googled women rock 1950s because that was the style of music kind okay. of. And what came up was Anne Hodges hit by meteorite Sylacauga, Alabama, 1954. Okay. <laughs> woman, woman rock, 1950s. So oh my gosh. So rock, a woman got hit by a meteorite in real life. That's what that was? So, <laughs> yeah. So David looks at me and he goes, there's your story. I'm like, I'm not, that's not my story. Oh my gosh. You know, so we ended up writing this play called A Falling Star at Buzzard's Roost, where this, uh, it, Molly's Driving Dance and Dine yeah. is, is a diner. Um, that has a piece of that meteorite that fell. And so that's, it's in the Teledega Forest, and it's a tourist trap. So it has the best French fries made with beer. Oh, my gosh. And, and a piece of the meteorite, and it shows, because of the meteorite, they decided to open a drive-in, and they show the worst sci-fi movies ever made. Oh, my gosh. So... This, you know, this tagline, plot did fall right in your lap, though. I mean, everything's lining up to be this really kooky, good. crazy, amazing. <laughs> you have a lot of material to work with, it sounds like. Exactly. And, you know, and you you take from life and you just you disguise it as somebody else's story, as some character's story. Uh -huh. But what's funny is, um, you know, the tagline for the show, I'm trying to look for the tag. Um, what do we call it? Uh, um, the tale of a microphone, a meteor, and a love that transcends time. Mm. Now explain exactly so, what it is, though. I want people to be able to find it and where it is and all that kind of stuff too. Uh, you know, besides what this what absolutely. this thing is about, I want people to, yeah. to know that you know you're it's, you're from the area. Everybody in this area needs to know what you're doing and follow you, and all of a sudden boost up everything that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it's so back in the in the 30s and 40s, they did something called radio theater. Mm -hmm. People would listen to the shadow or listen to whatever. And as, as years went on, it became a Prairie Home Companion. So on PBS, you could watch the radio show be performed in that old style. Okay. So I took a rock musical and made it a radio play, complete with a Foley artist who does all the sound effects. Nice. He's got the coconut shells for the horses and he's got the whistles <laughs> and the, you know, whatever. So it's a rock musical radio play. So rock musical done as a radio play. So you're listening to a Broadway musical. Very cool. Um, and there aren't really, I don't know that there are that many out there. I, I've seen radio plays out there, but I haven't seen 
rock musicals. I haven't so, either. Is this music you've written or yeah. music from other It's people? all my music. It's all your music. And you're singing mm-hmm. it and performing it and... With, with other characters, with other actors. Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall plays my best friend. Very oh, cool. I, miss I love Dave Foley. I miss news radio. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. He was so good on news radio. Yeah. <laughs> he, see, I love him from so Blast good. from the Past. That was the thing. When, you, when I saw that name, I was like, no way. Blast from the Past, where he, yeah, he's so great in that movie. I have to go to the bathroom. He's it's like, the oh, my nicest. God. And oh, good. I'm glad to hear he's nice, too, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he and his wife Chrissy are in it. Um, and Gary Anthony Williams from Whose Line Is It Anyway and Reno Nine One. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's super cool. He's in it. Um, and these are people you Antonio you got Haramilo. these people. Wow, you are a bigger. You just become a bigger and bigger deal every time you keep talking. You know that, right? <laughs> My director got these. People. Oh okay. Oh. I got I got Antonio Jaramillo from Mayans MC, mm-hmm. and I got the Foley actor Jeff. Um, Gardner. Yeah, Dave but, Foley. No, 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 different Foley. No, no, oh, okay. the Foley actor. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, sorry. That was a bad joke. Kind of. We actually did a video about that. We did oh, a funny Foley on. We call it Foley on Foley. If you go to us on YouTube, you'll see Dave Foley trying to fight the Foley actor. Gotcha. I'm Foley. No, I'm Foley. No, I'm Foley. See, I actually had a kind of good joke yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just didn't think of it first. Joke. Is all. So basically, it's the music that I've written. It's all the music I've written since 2007. So it's, it's the music of 20, uh, 20 years of my music career. Wow. It's my favorite songs I've ever written put into a storyline about a meteorite in Sylacauga, Alabama. <laughs> and yeah, so what happens is I set up my microphone and my, because I have a 1950s mic, you know, they're called Shore 55s. Oh. And it interacts with the meteor that fell in 1950s because there's a thunderstorm outside. And it sends us back in time to learn valuable lessons about life and love. Wow. So, Is your music basically yeah. 1950s music that you're writing? Well, yeah. The Rockabilly Rock, band was 1950s okay. music. Gotcha. Um, now, so the music from 2007 to 2013 was the Flutterbys. And we call it um, alt-country outlaw. Mm. So it's kind of like roots rock. It's very gritty guitar. Um, cool. uh, yeah. So and, and I had all the stems from those songs. The stems are the different tracks of the instrument. Thank you. <laughs> and Yes, like the stems on a plant. You know, okay. a plant has many, many stems. So, um, yeah. So I kept, you know, I kept all those tracks separate. And then... I had Morning in the Mercury 5, and Morning in the Mercury 5 had um, three albums out. So I kept all those tracks separate. So when we wrote the play, all we had to do was hire the actors to replace the vocals and then remix the song. So half of the music, over half of the music was already recorded just waiting for an actor. And I wrote five more songs specifically for the show to to move it along because when you when you write a play with music or write an actual musical or an operetta the songs can't just be oh well i just saw that in a scene why do, why are they singing about it the songs have to move it along they have to help tell the story know? exactly exactly so um so it's it's the music of those two bands it's out currently um outlaw country and rockabilly and then Claire Ghost, who's our producer, had to listen to everything and say, okay, what's the through line? I've got to have a growly guitar in every up-tempo song. So even though they were produced by different people, 
it sounds like it belongs. It on was the all meant to go together originally. Like it was all meant that way. Continuity. Thing. Exactly. Oh yeah. my God. So where is she it? Where can people listen to this show? Um, they can listen to the show at um, www.opendoorplayhouse.org. And oh. it's just the way it sounds. O-P-E-N-D-O-O-R playhouse.org. Gotcha. Opendoorplayhouse.org. But they can also listen to it on Spotify and Amazon and iTunes. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you yeah. can listen to this radio theater production. There you go, because I want to make sure that I direct them to it as well. When we, when we post this episode, everybody needs to go out and I'll, I'll share. Obviously, at the same time, I'll share links to the Spotify and Apple oh. and all that kind of stuff so that people can, can easily find it. So it makes it easier for everybody to, you know, not even, oh, there's no excuses. Goodness. Okay, so this is an audio Thank podcast. You so is there a chance that this you, isn't, uh, you want to move this into something uh, visual? That's something that, you know. Oh, absolutely, but we'll still do it as a radio play. We'll still do it like Firestein Theater or um, uh, the guys from Monty Python just had, uh, Eric Idle had, um, what was Eric Idle? Eric Idle just had a radio show on Netflix. That's um, impressive. <laughs> I, mean, I know the Monty Yeah, Python. it was really cool. Yeah, um, Eric Idle. I'll bet you lost Kyle when you said Fire show. Sign Theater. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I actually I'm have, just, yeah. and she's, you're saying a lot of things that yeah. are, are beyond me. I actually own okay. Fire Sign Theater. I have homework theater. for you. <laughs> okay. Well, I have albums by Fire really? Sign Theater, yeah. See? That's How why I brought Tom. Tom, Tom knows stuff. That once when you're not anywhere at all. Wow. Yep. I don't have them memorized. <laughs> No, my sister, my big sister made me memorize them. Wow. That was her torture. <laughs> she made you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to get an idea of, of what it would be like on stage, uh, a radio play, you can either look at episodes of Prairie Home Companion on PBS, old episodes, or you can go to Netflix and look up Eric Idle's What About Dick? What About Dick? And What About Dick? And you'll see a lot of British actors in it. But a radio play is basically like a staged reading, but the music, like in our case, the music would be live, and the and the actors are there, and it's kind of fun. The actors don't have to memorize anything. It's interesting because you could see different actors playing different characters, rather than having a cast of thousands. You know, right? Yeah, um, we've had a couple uh, uh, places here in town, a couple theaters do them. The Village Players did a, a radio show of uh, Christmas Carol or It's a Wonderful Life, I think it was, and they had a Foley actor on the stage doing all the stuff too. One guy running right, around right, making right. all the noise. Yeah, it was like crazy. Right, and that's what's fun about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and doing all the different voices. One guy was, you know, oh, yeah. back and forth. One time was an old guy. Next time he was a young girl. You know, it was like back and forth. He's like, hey, let me do that. It was, yeah, it's crazy. And, and sometimes the mix-ups are so, some some of the best part of it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like right now, they have those Broadway shows. What went wrong, Peter Pan? What yeah. went wrong, Romeo and Juliet? You know, and so or or Romeo and Juliet go wrong, and those are hilarious. So that's that's the beauty of the radio plays. We can look at the audience and wink, <laughs> and we can look at the foley artist who's using coconut shells and go, "Really, dude? Really? Really? Coconut shells? <laughs> you know, we can break character and like mess with them, and um and that's you know that's that's the fun that's the fun of it so i'm yes we are looking to, to do it live we have an offer from somebody on pbs maybe and um to to film it and get it distributed regionally on pbs and then it can be sold nationally wow. and having having a few celebs in it is 
No, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> it does and not you hurt. wanted to come on but, our show? Why? <laughs> I'm just trying to like, so you, wow. Your goal no, is to be the the goal is to be the racking Garrison Keeler. Yes, kind of. Yeah, without the. <laughs> Good, Please explain. Come on, you know, you, I don't know what this means. Other people listening, I have Garrison no idea. Garrison Keeler is the Garrison. Prairie Home Companion person who does who writes it and does the main Thank performer you. of that. Thank you. I think oh. that, I think you're right. Yeah, I want to be the rock and roll Garrison Keeler. There you okay. go. Um, or or Hallie Flanagan from the 1930s. So Hallie Flanagan was in charge of all the theater during the Great Depression. Oh. And my friend just looked at me and goes, "You're trying to be Hallie Flanagan." Flanagan. And they and your people have said, why aren't you just doing it like live theater? And I said, well, we're trying to. Actors have already suffered from COVID, and in LA, we lost wages due to AB five. Until that was straightened out, it was a thing that was was abolishing gig workers. And now we have SAG and Writers Guild strikes. It's like we're constantly in flux, and we we don't really get the respect we need, nor do we get the money fast enough. Hmm. So. I wanted to, to produce radio plays so actors get in and out with quick pay turnaround and um, have a finished product. And so that's why, that's why I started doing this. I started doing this so I could hire people and create work. Nice. And, and, but also, you know, I'm a playwright. The next play is hopefully going to be by my friend Amy Engelhart. And then I met these great guys um, named... Uh, um, all day sucker, Morty Coyle, <laughs> and um, and they have like this epic Hollywood rock and roll history, and they're thinking of writing a musical like I did. And there's this woman named Pamela Phillips Oland who has European theater awards, and she's one of my mentors, and she's agreed to maybe give us one of her plays to produce. So it's all about now getting the funding for all of that, so that I can continue producing and it doesn't have to be my stuff although i'd like to at least be acting in it <laughs> yeah sure, of course. wow man i'm just telling you like way back cool. when when you were in your uh your, your little elementary school uh, you know shows and and your, any idea this was going to happen i mean it's like all this stuff that you've accomplished all this stuff that you've continued to do like you said though too it's not like it just happened you you fought for it and you just kept jumping over hurdle after hurdle after hurdle it sounds like yeah you just you don't think you you never say never, you know. My mom used to say, um, "Be anything, go everywhere, and do anything." And you know, within my own personal limits, I did. I mean, I haven't jumped out of airplanes, and I don't go rappelling or anything that would break physically break a leg because yeah. I need them to dance. <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, you've you just... get to a certain age and you, you know, other than that, musically, acting wise, writing wise, um, I, I can't, I, I can't stop, man. I can't yeah. stop. I can't quit. <laughs> and you're always learning. It sounds like too, always learning one more thing and then another thing and then another thing. That's what I was getting from all this is like, you're, you're down in Boston doing something, but you're still going to do the next thing. And. And like obviously somewhere along the lines you learn how to write music and it's just yeah. Crazy. What, what instrument do you uh, basically write your music on, or do you just write it? Um, I mostly guitar, but since I've been teaching, I'm, I'm a master vocal coach and beginner piano teacher, and I te and I also teach ukulele and guitar. Um, I've gotten better on piano. 
I've, I've gotten better on piano. We're, so yeah, you're teaching in like a, in like better. 30 minutes from now. You, that's why we had to. You you were nice enough to get us on yeah. before you had to do yeah another thing that you do in your life. But I mean, did you learn yeah, music at high school, college, past that point? Um. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I learned guitar from Toledo and Carrie Clark. Oh, oh no, Carrie, you Carrie, did not. Carrie sang at my wedding. Tom we sat did. right beside him oh when we went and saw Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Carrie Clark taught me guitar. Get out he of used here. to skip class, or he was the good guy. I would skip class and he would go to class. But on breaks, we would go into practice rooms and he would teach me guitar chords. Wow. And he taught me piano too. Wow. Carrie Clark. There Carrie we Clark. go. There's somebody I know. His son, Robbie, actually did. A show with my son so it's like all this kind of stuff that's how we got to know him so look at this so carrie carrie clark kept me sane through high school <laughs> and taught me music and then when i got into college i took group piano lessons you know bella bartok you know and <laughs> you take music theory and you know do that. and so you become a better piano player because you're you're learning how chords and intervals and inversions work and mama mama and then when i got to new york I had to learn how to read sheet music a lot better and a lot faster. Mm. They're very unforgiving in Broadway shows. <laughs> you have to freaking study. So, you know, I did my best, but I would say I learned most of my music and music theory in Los Angeles working with my bands because they were just all such high caliber musicians. They taught me so much about national number system and intervals and, you know, the rhythms and syncopation and, and things of modern music you know mm. um i'm so i mean yeah yeah it's been crazy so you said they were unforgiving when it came to shoot music were you talking about playing or actually uh auditions and singings and stuff in, in yeah your... you need to be able to read at an audition they need to be able to hand you a sheet of music and you need to go oh yeah i can read this melody there you go <laughs> no there problem it's sight singing you know? right there huh so one of the most difficult things was in 2019, I was Sister Kate, the fun nun, <laughs> Sister Catherine for um, the TV show Good Omens okay. promotional tour. So I wasn't on the show, but they assembled the Chattering Order of St. Beryl. And what we do is our worship is we talk incessantly. Hmm. And we're from Tadfield, England. So we basically sounded like British parrots. <laughs> so six of us and we were all comedians and improv artists but we had to sing six part harmony so they hired a choir director from the sweet adelines i think it was here in los angeles to train the six of us in six part harmonies written by the guy from pitch perfect wow. um who did all those arrangements and sanctioned by Brian May from Queen. Queen, the guitar player. Yeah. So we were singing six-part harmony Queen songs as well as songs that were written for us to promote Good Omens, the TV show on Amazon Prime. And you can look up the Chattering Order of St. Beryl and see, hear our music and see what we did. So oh, that was the definitely. last thing I did before this radio play. Nice. So. I'll send you the link. I'll Please send, you the link. Yes, send us yes, everything. Yeah. Send us all the photos, all the what? links, all the anything you have. We will we will uh, make sure we include uh, <laughs> Carrie Clark's uh, honorable mention. I'm so glad I got to give you know Carrie Clark an honorable mention. <laughs> and then um, Eddie Boggs. Eddie Boggs was very influential um, in our music too. 
Did you know Diane? Um, I knew Diane, yep. Diane's Diane Scribner. and I sang in choir together. Diane Scribner, yep. absolutely. I would they put say CDs the three out together. people. Wow. Oh, yeah. The three people that were most instrumental in my music career in at least the beginnings were Carrie and Diane and Eddie Boggs. But then my band, I don't know. It, the guys have still got to be playing. Yeah, it was just, they were they were pretty fantastic well, people. I used to... A few of them... You know, past, but go ahead. Used to what? I used to do the uh, Children's Miracle Network telethon, and it would have Eddie Boggs, Diane Scribner, Carrie Patrick Clark, and they were the music music talent that would come on, and they actually hosted for a little for a number of years. Oh this has got to be. They were just missing ago. Maureen Davis. It was just, I was going to ask, <laughs> by any chance, did you ever do one of those? <laughs> I might have. Um, and then we did a lot of work with people at BG, at Bowling Green, and. Luis Chalazan was the TV director over there, Luis, and he was a big fan of the band. And Luis taught me how to jitterbug and salsa. He, he was my first dance teacher as wow. far as social dancing. And we did it, we practiced, and I would do, toward the end, right before I, I broke up, when it broke off from Maureen and the Movers, I used to do these like amazing dance breaks with Luis and his brother. And he would just—it was incredible. It did was you Latin go? Did you go to a dance studio in town then, and, and get all your like, you know, training from them? Or, <laughs> well, I learned social dance from Luis, and my dad danced. My dad did jitterbug and salsa and all that stuff. And then um, I did—I was a dance major, mm -hmm. I think major minor. It was one of those things. I studied <laughs> dance at UT, and um, it was uh, these two sisters who taught. They weren't Valois. They, it was Anna Marie and oh, her other sister. And they, uh, they taught belly dance and they taught ballet. I had an amazing jazz and modern teacher. And they, you know, they taught me how to use my body and how to recover from broken feet because I broke my feet a few times. Did you just, dance oh, wow, okay. That's the answer, <laughs> yeah. Is that just when you're like, yeah. so you didn't start hardcore dancing until you got into college? You didn't go to like Daryl Jarvis or something when you were seven and do that all the whole time? No. Yeah, that's crazy. No, I was, I was in Hebrew school. I was in how, Hebrew school. How, it's still crazy to me that of all the things, like you didn't do the, like any of this official training until you got into college more and they were like, this is what we're going to do now. And I yeah. just, that, that's, I mean, you started and you had a passion and a love for it, but there was no, let's get this girl on the fast track to, to training because we see something in her going on. That well, didn't happen. My, my mom, <laughs> no, my mom was a big band singer. My mom was an opera star. I got my voice lessons for free, either through school mm. or through Temple or from my mom. Yeah. And then when I got into college, um, Another person who would check in with me vocally, he was my friend, Eric Hillenbrand. And I think he's yes, an art yes, yes. dealer. He's still around here. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Eric gave Eric me was my... Stuff with, was doing things with the rep forever. He was a ghost of Christmas present for yeah. the longest time here. Yeah. Man. I'm, back in, I'm also back in touch with Mark Standruff and Sally. You are um, from the area. Who, yeah. <laughs> whom I introduced. I introduced them. <laughs> Sally... Sally was a few years behind me in high school, and I introduced her to Mark. So there, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. So they owe you everything. <laughs> or, or, or she was on speech team, and maybe I didn't introduce them. And I said, "Oh, I know her. You should know her too." That was um, your introduction. <laughs> that works. Yeah, but we're in touch on Facebook a little bit, and um, who? And I'm 
oh, there's this wonderful journalist named Melissa Burden. And Melissa, she was, she was a really good friend in high school. And she always accepted me, you know, when high schools can be clicky. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa was always really steadfast. And we got in touch on Facebook. I've been really grateful to Facebook for getting me back in touch. The biggest thing, though, is I lie about my age in L.A. <laughs> so now I'm, 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 I'm inching closer to telling the truth. But if I look younger in L.A. and I don't have to tell them, then that's great. But yeah. You can't be friends with all these old people on Facebook. They'll get the out you, huh? No. <laughs> we, won't, we won't ask either, but the WERC thing kind of dated you a little bit. <laughs> uh-uh. All right. So, no, 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 no. I don't know. I'm not sure it did. Did it? I don't know. Maybe I got the letters wrong. No. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to keep working until I can't work anymore. Absolutely. You know, it's... um. It's it's an exciting time, and um, we're actually going to re-release the radio show because I had it as one long show with with uh, commercial breaks, but we didn't release it as episode one through four. So this week I'm re-releasing it as episode one through four. And actually, people could just Google a falling star at Buzzard's Roost Spotify. Yeah. And if they go to that, you're going to get the soundtrack, and you're going to get a choice to listen to the musical. But um. I did. I did release the soundtrack separately as well for people who just want to hear the music. Oh, nice! So there's the <laughs> soundtrack on Spotify to hear the music, and then there's also the podcast on Spotify. Yeah. Nice. All exactly. right. We're gonna share all that stuff, and then if you could please send us any kind of promotional material that you that you have, happy to share it. Aw, thank you so much. <laughs> I, you guys are just hilarious. I just. I really loved that you went to see the Carol King musical. Oh I yeah, just read about that. Well, the lead actor was actually so our amazing. intern at one point. <laughs> yeah, the group played Carol King. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, she was singing well, in my office. Cool. I'm like, wow, you're pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> boy, is she good. <laughs> yeah, and Sarah Shepard, who's wow. on the national tour as Carol King right now, is from Whitmer High School. So. Oh my God, we've Whitmer. talked to her also. Yeah. This is this uh, is quite the uh, community and area here in Northwest Ohio that loves and supports performing arts, and uh, I'm I'm very proud of our community and all that kind of stuff. When when Sarah came and did the national tour, man, that was a ruckus of a of a support. It was amazing when she walked onto the stage; everybody just lost their minds. Is is that kind exactly. of support? In area. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's pretty wonderful. I've got to say. You know, my some of my favorite memories were made at the Toledo Rep nice. and at University of Toledo. Beautiful. And I paid my way through college making cheese balls at, for the cabaret showcase that they had after the shows and as the theater historian. And I, I really commend the music and the theater and the dance departments of the University of Toledo. Nice. They're really fantastic. Wow. I'm going to need a cheese ball so. recipe now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't oh think we God. can keep you much longer. I feel like you're already running into class right now, and, and we're holding you back. I know you. we really, really, really appreciate you spending time and talking to us about your whole life, though. Oh, my God. Can I give one more plug? One uh, more absolutely. Really quick? Plug away. Go for okay. It. So the, the two big things, and the reason my friend Paula was over here, I don't know if Paula got her name mentioned thing. Paula and I have something called the Sleepy Land Band. Mm. And it's songs for bedtime even mom and dad will like. Oh. So when you listen to the songs, they are, and we just released an album, and we will be registering to be Grammy nominees. 
Wow. So she was over here and we were doing all our research today because somebody said they wanted to nominate us for a Grammy, but we have to do all the background check paperwork and all the entry stuff. And they said, when you're ready, I've got the letter of recommendation. So we were really flattered. Sleepy Land Band. And when you listen to the music, you'll hear the guitar parts and go, oh, that's a little bit like Van Morrison or that sounds a little like Beatles. So it makes it easier for the parents to listen to. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> old people. And not just Barney, not just yes. Barney stuff. You know, yes. la, la, la. Um, so the two projects are Sleepy Land Band and that's also on Spotify and iTunes and Mama. What's it called again? Sleepy Land Band. Sleepy Land Band. Sleepy Land Band. And there will be a book series for, there's a book for each song that will be coming out. So that's cool. kind of exciting. And the radio play, A Falling Star at Buzzard's Roost. Yes. Go listen to it, people. Get out there. Find them all on Spotify. <laughs> Click the links when I share this thing. Everybody, go support another local person kicking butt in the theater and performing art world out there because you should. You just should. And we are very proud of everybody who's come from here and is still doing it. Yeah, thank you for thank you for talking to me. I think I'm always going to be a Toledo girl. Keeps me humble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good thing. And if and if we don't cut it off now, I'll just keep talking forever. So that's just the way I. Am. I so know. I, I think to that's to a good to place the, to stop. I have to go listen to Falling Star at Buzzard's Roost. I have it on my phone right now. All right. So. <laughs> You're gonna have to like edit this down to like. Nothing. You have to edit 20 minutes out of this. We're right? keeping the whole thing. He just cuts me out. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. I cut the boring part out, Tom. He's good. Oh Tom's yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming on. Oh well, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wonderful Bye. meeting you, Maureen. So nice to meet you, too. And keep supporting theater, you guys. Toledo's a pretty cool town. Thanks. I think so. <laughs> See, she keeps saying, keeps saying the cool things. And I know. What are we supposed in. to do? We're supposed <laughs> to stop now. All right. We're going to say goodbye again. Now, don't talk now. <laughs> right. Okay. Bye. One, two, three. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.